0: around with you in your pocket. Today, we reach another milestone here, uh, book club number 20. And in honor of The Last Dance, uh, the awesome series, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, you got to tune in uh, four episodes into it, and it's just really, really good stuff. Um, But in honor of this, and I actually planned on doing this last week, I reread this book about a week and a half ago and uh, was planning on doing it, and then it just happens to be, I believe it was episode four, they had the big feature on Phil Jackson, so everything's a little serendipitous here, uh, to, to have this episode on uh, the first coaching book written by Phil Jackson, Sacred Hoops, uh, which I believe came out right after Jordan came back and they won their first championship. So I think there's a lot of really good things that we can mine out of this book, and I just want to go through a few things here. Uh, One of the things that really came out in the book as I reread it, um, you know, and and this is the quote that narrows it down and then I'll kind of expand on it. It's no accident that things are more likely to go your way when you stop worrying about whether you're going to win or lose and focus your full attention on what's happening right this moment. Uh, That mindfulness, that staying in the moment, uh, not worrying about the outcome, worrying about the process uh, and, and moving everything forward in that direction. Uh, being mindful of everything, uh, having a vision, having an idea. So much of what Jackson uh, does in his masterful uh, working of of things as a coach uh, was done through just keeping those type of things in mind. Um, Of course, uh, Jackson was very famous uh, from the Rudyard Kipling uh, quote, uh, for the strength of the pack is the wolf and the strength of the wolf is the pack. Uh, There's a a little bit longer passage to that, and you can find that in the book. Um, You know, just the emphasis of, you know, the team is greater than the individual, and the individual needs the team, and the team needs the individual, right? Uh, He also talks about the lessons that he learned from Red Holtzman, the legendary coach with the New York Knicks. Uh, if you've ever been to Madison Square Garden, his banner is hanging up there, 619, uh, 619 wins. I believe that's the number that he had. I'm trying to remember from the, from the U2 concert I went there. But I believe it was 619. But uh, Three major things. Uh, don't let the anger cloud the mind. Uh, awareness is everything, and the power of we is stronger than the power of me. You know The three things that Jackson really took from Red Holtzman. Uh, he, he also used a, a very interesting story. Uh, in the book, and I'm just going to read the story word for word here, so forgive me for just a a, a few seconds. Two monks were traveling together in a heavy downpour when they came upon a beautiful woman in a silk kimono who was having trouble crossing a muddy intersection. Come on, said the first monk to the woman, and he carried her in her arms, uh, in his arms, excuse me, to a dry spot. The second monk didn't say anything until much later. Then he couldn't contain himself anymore. We monks don't go near females, he said. Why did you do that? I left the woman back there, the first monk replied. Are you still carrying her? And I think that's a great way of saying, you know, something happens. You have to leave it behind. You you can't hang on to it. You, you've got to let those uh, things, those interactions, those comments, those ideas go. And you need to move on from it. It's over. It's done with. You can't do anything about it. You can't change it. You have to move forward. Um, I think this was really evident in episode four this weekend. Uh, Jackson says, I've, I've discovered that approaching problems from a compassionate perspective, trying to empathize with the players and look at the situation from his point of view can have a transformative effect on the team. Now, uh, of course, Jackson is most famous for, uh, you know, coaching uh, and and handling uh, Dennis Rodman, especially was he was in the uh, as bad as I want to be phase and dating Madonna and all the all the things that went on with that and all the media attention. Um but it was it was interesting to see where, you know, he said, hey, you know, OK, I guess if if you'll be back in 48 hours, get out of here and, and you come back. And, um, you know, there's another story where they, you know, uh, the Bulls got whitewashed by somebody. I want to say it was Philadelphia uh, in the playoffs at some point during this run. And most coaches would be like, we got to come back, we got to study film, we got to do this. Phil Jackson was like, you guys need to get out of here. Go to go to Atlantic City, and they they chartered a bus and they took the whole team to Atlantic City, and the team let rip for a few hours. And I think there's a there's, like, there's a there's a real deep sense of that. You know, uh, most of the folks that listen to this is high school or are high school coaches. So obviously we're not loading up the bus and taking our kids to the casinos, but just you know sometimes it's better. You know, less is more. And, and we as coaches th- sometimes think, well, we need more. And, you know, sometimes you just got to step back and say, hey, less is more. All right. Um, I think it's really important. Uh, and Jackson points this out. Have somebody on your staff that thinks differently from you. He talked about this when he coached in the CBA and his assistant was a guy named Charlie Rosen who thought about things quite a bit differently than Phil did. Um, you know, I had a, a, a very uh, couple of really loyal assistants for a long time that that saw not all the things about the game, but a lot of the things about the game, a little bit differently than I did, and yeah, it created some uh, some it it, it's, it sparked some creative uh, discussions and, and, and friction, but that friction led to really good things, and we we truly could look at things from a lot of different ideas and directions. All right, um, Jackson talked about how, and this was on the doc the other night, how he coached in Puerto Rico, and he says in the in Sacred Hoops, you know, it, it taught me how to coach through chaos. Um, I think one of the stories was uh, somebody said they they sacrificed a a live chicken, and then they took the blood of the chicken and put it on the benches or whatever it was. Uh, Dealing with uh, the media uh, in that situation, uh, or dealing with the American media after having people uh, sacrifice live animals so that you'll lose a basketball game, that seems pretty tame you know uh and and so it gives you that perspective uh i found this quote in the book that jackson cited i thought it was really good and i posted this on twitter a few days ago out of clutter find simplicity from discord find harmony in the middle of difficulty lights opportunity and this is from albert einstein and i think that sometimes we take a thing look at at how things are bad and we and we struggle trying to find a a silver lining with it um you know We we, we think that, no, this is bad, this is bad. Well, actually, sometimes something bad can actually be something good that happens to us, all right? Uh, I really like this part here. Trust your gut. This is the first rule of leadership. Once you've made your move, you have to stand by your decision and live with the consequences of becoming your number one uh, because your number one loyalty has to be to the team. And I think sometimes we overthink things as coaches. Now, I'm not saying that you just go with your gut all the time or you you uh, not think things through, whether it's substitutions or changing your starting lineup or changing your defenses uh, or how you're going to practice, whatever. You know, the, the thousands of decisions that we need to make as coaches, um, but you know, he, uh, he he just says, you know, trust your gut. And, and if you keep coming back to your gut after a good, solid think about whatever decision you need to make, um, you know, that's probably the right thing to do. Um, he goes into the triangle offense. I really recommend Tex Winter. Wrote a book about the triangle offense. It's out there on Amazon. Uh, it's a really, really good book. It breaks down the triangle offense uh, from an X's and O's uh, point of view. And there's a lot of different things that you could take a look with, a lot of different options. You know, a lot of the things within the triangle can be implemented in our modern uh, space and pace uh, systems that a lot of folks are running these days. Uh, so I encourage you, uh, a book club recommendation is, uh, Tex Winner's book on the triangle offense. It's a really, really good book. Um, having, uh, he, he talks about having a vision and a clearly defined set of principles to work with. It reduces conflict because it depersonalizes any criticism. You know, here's what we value. Here's what we, here's what we're going to do. Here's the way I see things. And it's clearly defined and everybody understands what's important to us. And so, um, you, so when you, when you correct a player, they know that you are going back to the principles and the vision and the culture that you're trying to establish within the program. Right? Uh, he talks about roles. And I think um, this, is a, this is another little uh, parable here within the book. When a fish swims in the ocean, there is no limit to the water, no matter how far it swims. When a bird flies in the sky, there is no limit in the air, no matter how, hard it fl- how far it flies. However, no fish or bird has ever left its element since the beginning. You know, if you've got a kid who's a great rebounder, emphasize to them that they're a great rebounder instead of telling them, yeah, but we need you to work on this jump shot. Now, you can say, yeah, you need to work on it, but always emphasize what they do really, really well and play to that strength first and foremost. All right, A couple other things here. Um, in order to build trust, the players need to know that they can be open and honest with each other without seeing their words in the paper the next day. Now, as high school coaches, most of our words aren't going to be in the paper, but you don't want stuff floating out there in social media, uh, especially with the, with the Instagrams and the the Twitter chats and all these other things. Uh, you got to be able to be open. You got to be able to on- be honest with one another. What, what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. Okay. Um, there's a couple of really good quotes towards the end of the book from Michael Jordan. Uh, success turns we's back into me's. Uh, Pat Riley called it the, the, the disease of more. And when you have success as a team, you want more. Uh, and it's hard to, to really maintain those great uh, runs, those dynasties, because people want more, especially after success is initially achieved. You, the, the climb is the best part. All right. Uh, Jordan also said, yeah, I'd rather see it done than hear it done. Uh, you know, show me what you have here. And one of the things that keeps coming out in the Bulls documentary is how Jordan uh, continuously talks about uh, you know actions and you 've got to show me and you 've got to be competitive and you 've got to match my intensity and and then i 'll go along with you all right um, you know a couple uh, last things here, uh, and I think this is really important with dealing with your teams and Jackson talks about it in sacred hoops here. Uh, though some places try to settle differences in team meetings, I prefer to deal with them on an individual basis. I think you create individual relationships with individual players and individual people on your staff and within your your brain trust. And so if there are differences in opinion, you you settle it and you discuss it on an individual basis. And then he also says, you know, basically, uh, when I took over, I told Michael that I was going to treat him like everybody else in practice. And then if he made a mistake, he was going to hear about it. And I think that's really important. Sometimes we don't coach our best player as hard as everybody else because we want to create a great relationship with that best player. Well, if that person is truly your best player, they've got to be the person that takes uh, just as much, if not more, uh, criticism and, and and tough coaching uh, than anybody else. Not to say that you're searching for things, but you have to hold everybody accountable within your program and within your culture and within your team. All right? So... Uh, An older book, but a highly recommended book, Sacred Hoops by Phil Jackson. In honor of The Last Dance, uh, Episodes 5 and 6 will be on this weekend. So, obviously, if you're listening, you're on SoundCloud or iTunes. uh, So like, rate, review, subscribe. uh, Push this out here for anybody else that you think might be interested. If you have any questions, email us at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Find our Twitter, a pen and a napkin. Uh, uh, follow us on Twitter, trying to put on some daily stuff uh, almost through my Don Meyer collection. I think I'm down to like the last five or six uh, Don Meyer presentations on DVD. So uh, continuing to push that stuff out there as well. All right. Uh, this has been book club number 20, sacred hoops by Phil Jackson. Uh, enjoy the last dance. It's a, it's, it's a once in a lifetime look at one of the greatest sports dynasties that are, uh, that are, that are, professional sporting community has ever seen or will ever see again all right um coaches stay safe and as always be sure to hone your craft one day at a time